Enjoy your stay at Cloud City Casino. What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, fun club. All right, welcome to Cloud City Casino, you old smoothie. In case you didn't know, this is the official collecting and gaming podcast of the second Airborne Division, where you can find us at www.starwarsreport.com. And I am the administrator here of this facility and your host, Michael Morris. And uh, with me this week is going to be Riley Blanton. Well, hello. Hello, Michael. I I hear good things about this Star Wars report. (laughs) It's uh, you know, it's a pretty good podcast. I listen to it from time to time. Yeah, but that 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 one kid, he's just he's nuts. That 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 kid. Yeah, hey, I thought we weren't going to talk about Mark on the air. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We deal, deal. How's it going, man? You're you're many episodes in. You're into the podcasting foray. Welcome to the family. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's fun, but uh, as as we've seen, you know, always little little things to learn here and there, and. You know, little bumps, but uh, enjoying it. I'll tell you, it never ends, man. Yeah. Never ends. <laughs> you know, I always feel like uh, Lando. They told me they fixed it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Except for when you're the person who's supposed to have fixed it. Yeah, I know. I still say that though. I'll be. It'll be like two in the morning, and and I thought I had something done, and then someone will like text me or something. And I'm like, ah, they told me they fixed it, and then I gotta go get on the computer. <laughs> you old smoothie. <laughs> Uh, no, it's so good to be on Cloud City Casino, and it's so great to have um, gaming and collecting represented uh, in podcast form, anyway, on the Star Wars Report um, family of shows. So that's really cool that you were able to to fill that niche in our ever-growing uh, family of podcasts, for sure. Quick side note, like before we get in, because uh, people who listen to the Star Wars Report know that I am uh, I am very limited in my collection, uh, collecting not by... Uh, not by personal choice, but by financial choice. No, uh, I, I hear you. Of the um, of the Star Wars Report podcast, uh, my buddy Mark was saying he he still hasn't obtained the Blu-rays because, of course, along with it, he needs to get like the, a new HDMI capable TV and Blu-ray player and new, or new gaming system, something that'll play it. So it's like a big, nearly thousand uh, dollar you know proposition. So he says he's a he's a Star Wars movie purist by bank account. <laughs> That's our, new thing. That's our new thing. I'm a Star Wars collect. Limit, I'm a limited collector, but not. If I had the pennies, I'm sure there would be a lot more. But uh, as we speak, I am sitting in the uh, palatial Fayetteville, Georgia studios of the Star Wars Report, surrounded at the little L-shaped desk that I have cornered off in my bedroom, which is my office slash study room slash bedroom slash podcast studio, all wrapped in one. <laughs> and, and, and on this desk is scattered with the few limited collectibles I have, which actually in some ways I like because they mean a lot to me because usually they're special gifts or whenever I go to a Star Wars event, I usually get one token collectible. And that kind of represents my time at said event. So, um, like at uh, last year, this past year's Dragon Con, I got a, a little Jar Jar Binks uh, plushie and a Chewbacca plushie, and they're both sitting on the shelf in front of me. And like at the last Dragon Con, I got my first Star Wars T-shirt that I bought because I'd never bothered to buy one. I'd been given some, but I bought the um, the Iwo Jima Stormtrooper shirt. I don't know if you've ever seen that or seen me in it. I haven't seen that one, but that actually sounds really cool is it's amazing because it kind of goes i love military military history and then i love kind of the artistic 
the stormtroopers lifting the imperial symbol in that famous Iwo Jima pose. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where I come from in collecting. So I I love it, but I do not follow in as great a detail. So what what will often happen is I'll I'll actually I'll walk through store shelves and I'll see the new Lego sets and I'm like I want it in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's a surprise for me. But I'm excited to be on tonight. Like you're talking about some of the stuff that's getting ready to start coming out for episode seven. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And yeah. yeah, as am I. As am I. And I, I, I do try to be like you where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pick and choose and I'm not going to be, you know, because there was a time in my life where I was a Star Wars completionist. You know, I had to have every one of these and it's like, well, I don't really care for, you know, like Jar Jar's not my favorite, but, you know, he's number six out of seven and I got to have all seven. So, you know, but uh, I'm trying to, to tone it back, you know, and, and, and also... I, I'm I'm with you. You know, I'm I'm not. Uh, I I try to to kind of explain to people. I'm not an expert on any of these things. I'm just a fan of them. You know, like I'm I'm not a a gamer per se, uh, but I love Star Wars games. You know, actually getting to be in the game and and playing as these characters and stuff like that. So I love doing that. But I'm you know I'm by no means going to be able to hop on Call of Duty and you know be top of the list or whatever. You know. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Well, I, I'm excited to talk, man, because uh, Star Wars gaming. That well, we'll get in. That's probably better saved for the l- latter part of the show. But, uh, right. but but who am I? This is this is uh, this is your city. You are hey, the man. administrator of this facility. So let's 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 jump into it. All right. Well, uh, do you, do you want to go straight for the straight for the the hot topic? Uh, let's do it. All right. So in northern Mexico. Uh, they recently found a piece of Star Wars episode Episode Seven merchandise, which is a, I don't, you know, I didn't, I couldn't find much information on what the thing actually is because people weren't as interested in this. Yeah, it started as a soda can. Okay, uh, yeah, it looks like something like a soda can, or I don't know if it's like a barrel of monkeys or what. But the point <laughs> is, what's on it? <laughs> exactly. Well, and that is, in fact, because um, Mark from Jedi News, I think, was the first one to uh, to um, point this out. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, he caught it from one of their buddies, I think, on the ground in Mexico. Right. Sounds, <laughs> this sounds. If you just like take that little sentence out of context, the <laughs> eye sting. But no, this is the first discovery of Episode Seven merchandise. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Mark with the, with a C, uh, and I'm terrible with names. Um, so I won't attempt the last name, but uh, he he tweeted it out on Twitter and did a post on Jedi News, and and I have the making Star Wars story, the updated story, up in front of me, and um, you can see uh, they have new images, and I'll pop this into your chat too, Michael, so that oh. you can have updated images. I just now saw this of this. It's basically it's um it's a can meets travel mug. Okay. And uh, that's basically, it's a can-shaped tra- travel mug is basically what it is. Uh, and I will pop that link to you. But, but of course, the, the point is not the fact, I mean, it's certainly cool to start seeing this kind of Star Wars merchandise coming back. Right. Because we've seen action figures, Lego sets, and that sort of stuff. That's never died. But to see this level of merchandising, or like the tops, quick side, not tops, but a uh, quick side jag, the, um, seeing the posters that were being given away in the General Mills uh, serial this summer uh, i don't know if you've seen that michael uh, you know what that one has slipped by me so was it going to be like the tops cards no no it wasn't tops cards uh-huh. um because tops has been doing a bunch of stuff too uh, right but, right oh, um it was actually just mini theatrical posters from the old uh 97 re-releases 
uh, or the official prequel posters, and they're just little miniature versions of them that they're giving away in these special Star Wars edition um, General Mills cereals. And the reason I thought it was General Mills actually sent us some, which was really cool. Mm. Uh, and I got uh, about four packages of, uh, of Honey Nut Cheerios, and I was, <laughs> was very happy. Uh, awesome. So we got the posters with it. And that's the kindest thing that this represents, is that the level of marketing tie-ins that we haven't seen with Star Wars since the last film came out. Right. It's coming back. But, of course, that's not the most interesting part of this reveal. Do you want to you talk about the interesting part? I'll let, I'll let you go with it. Okay. So, <laughs> as I look at this picture, C-3PO looks a little unusual. Because it's a very traditional C-3PO pose, looking off in the distance. And when I first saw the Twitter picture, I just thought, ooh, that's cool. And then I had to do, like, a double take. I'm like, wait, what? And then there you see, uh, very distinctly... A sand, uh, I might even say geonosis dark red arm is attached to C-3PO's normally shiny and reflective uh, golden arm. Golden rod has a, a, uh, a red rod. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, so there it is. That's, um, I mean, that's, uh, I don't really know what, I'll be honest, I still haven't really processed it because I don't know if there's a story behind it or if that's the kind of thing where they just, they want to give you the iconic characters, but just do a slight twist to let you know that this isn't all the same as it's always been, and a lot has changed, and that might just be a way of visually saying so. I have a feeling if it's Abrams, I don't think we're going to see the flashback where C-3PO has his arm replaced. I'm, I don't think it's going to happen this way, but that's the way I would really like to see it happen. I love him having the red arm, but I would like to see him get the red arm in the film because if you think about every single star wars film that we've seen i don't think there's been a single one that he's not been assembled and deassembled at some point yeah yeah i mean he's it's kind of been like his thing you know i mean you're popping his eye you know anakin pops his eye in and menace and uh and like starts him up you know but he's all gears and, and circuits and then in the second one he's getting his head chopped off and replaced with a uh a battle droid and then uh let's see the third i guess maybe you know what i guess uh revenge of the sith strangely enough was the one where he kind of popped out unscathed unless i'm not yeah no it, remember there was that whole featurette in the revenge of the sith um dvd that i remember where it was, i think it was called his time to shine okay and they highlighted there's a whole reel of interviews with anthony daniels and people talking about 3po and the one movie where he actually stays his fully reflective self that he's supposed to be as mm -hmm. a protocol droid uh which lucas at one point in the interview was talking about well it was kind of handy that he was always on these desert or dirt or forest planets because you could dirty him up but in revenge of the sith like uh shooting 3po it took a team of digital artists hours and hours to painstakingly go frame by frame and uh paint out the camera reflection in revenge of the sith oh okay yeah so that's uh, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things where I think it's the kind of, I like it because I personally think, and this is just my initial impression, that this would be the kind of thing that Abrams just throws in a wrench and we, and we want to ask a question. Mm -hmm. uh, my buddy, Brian Brushwood, as much as I, uh, as much as I may disagree with him in some ways about the Star Wars prequels, um, has a great point on them. And that is they are very... There, he would say it's a weakness, and I would, you know, I could get, I'll give him that. Uh, a weakness might be that the prequels answer a lot of questions mm -hmm. and thus become a lot more 
uh, linearly predictable, and they don't you don't really ask they don't really ask questions. So it's like, what was the Clone Wars? Well, here's the answer. How did Anakin become Vader? Well, here's the answer. Um, so the questions that are posed in the original trilogy are mostly being answered in the prequels. I like the idea of this just being thrown in there, and it's a question. It doesn't have to be answered. Yes, uh, it doesn't have to be answered in the film. I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> However, I really hope that... Are you, okay, are you familiar with any of the other um, protocol droids? Um, C-3PX. Remember okay. C-3PX? Um, that sounds familiar, but I can't recall which one that one is. I think, and of course, uh, shoot me if it's wrong. Um, I think it's a Darth Maul Shadow Hunter. Where it's Darth Maul's evil, uh, like evil twin of three PO, and it's a black protocol. Oh my gosh! Okay, okay, yes, I do remember this. It was so ridiculous. Yeah, where he's, um, I need I need to look at that later because I was thinking that it was essentially he had been like reprogrammed or something and was one there for a while. I, I need to look at that later. But um, the one I was referring to is R three PO on Hoth. So on Hoth, there were two others. There was a white protocol droid, um, which was K-3PO, and then there was a red one, which was R-3PO. And I just hope that, like, they didn't kill R-3PO and give C-3PO his arm. C-3 in the subplot of the film, <laughs> C-3PO is actually the one who takes him out. It's like, sorry, I need your arm. It's the exact opposite. It's like, sir, if any of my parts will be of use, I'd be glad to donate them. Let's I'll just replace them with this protocol droid. <laughs> Like that arm looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's red, but it'll do. Oh, so. Uh, oh man. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm really really curious about it, and I um. I don't know, man. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where I'm like, what? Wait, it's June. Why isn't it? Why isn't it December? Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while to wait. Yeah. So, but the other cool thing with, with uh, episode seven, or I need to stop calling it episode seven. I keep doing that, but I need to start calling it Force Awakens. We kept calling it Celebration Seven. <laughs> Do what? We kept calling it Celebration Seven. So oh, yeah. It's fine. We'll be, we're, all, we're all fine here. I mean, <laughs> if they want to call it Celebration Anaheim, even though it's the seventh celebration in the year of Star Wars episode seven, fine. Right. I, whatever. Well, away. point being, uh, it's we've got a, a leak of what's looking like it's going to be our first action figure from uh, from The Force Awakens, which is going to be a part of the Black Series line. And mm-hmm. there's not really any information on it, but it's the uh, First Order Stormtrooper. And the packaging looks very similar to that of the Black Series Boba Fett for San Diego Comic-Con a couple years ago. So San Diego Comic-Con could be your first chance oh. to get a uh, a uh, Force Awakens action figure. I mean, which is coming up in what? Like, it's next month, right? It a- is, yeah, it's, oh my gosh. It's not, I, you know, I never pay real, real close attention to it because I, I know that I'm just never going to go. Yeah, um, yeah. But I know it's soon, and I've already pretty much decided that I'm 
going to at least give a, uh, you know, the old college try of just buying this thing off eBay. Oh, <laughs> uh, snap. Unless it's, unless it's like a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> Michael, once you travel down the eBay path, forever will dominate your destiny. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, it's well. I, I mean, I didn't get the uh, the the Boba Fett that they did, which was really cool, and I loved I loved the packaging for it and everything, because um, it, it came with Han Solo and Carbonite, and yeah, it, it yeah. was like one fifty, and I. I was like, eh, I'm not going to do that because I'll just get the one without the carbonite, you know. But mm, I think this one may be worth 150. <laughs> I mean, it's and you know, it's uh, that's a I know that's a lot. That's that's kind of ridiculous, but I I really want it. And it, I mean, it's so I love the Black Series line. Have Have you paid much attention to them? No, they're it, it, they're really cool, but it's just out of my price range because when, by the time you get to the Black Series, I would rather pay sixty to eighty dollars for one really well made General Giant or Kotobukiya statue, right, right. than a, a couple of twenty dollar um, Black Series. But that's because, and you know, and here's the thing, man, is that um, collecting's never really been. Uh, the action figures, that is, was never something mm -hmm. I collected. With all the Star Wars stuff that I've collected over the years, particularly probably mostly Lego and Tactics as, uh, as um, a kid during the prequel times, um, I'm trying to think. I, that, those are like the big things that I collected, and it never really was uh, the action figures. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so, yeah, I would be, I would, by the time you get into that $20 plus price range, that's when I think it's just the. It's time to just, if you're going to get a collectible, it should be something super high caliber by the time you start getting north of $20. <laughs> that, that was my big thing for them. They are really cool. The six-inch formats, uh, it, it's, it's sort of like, it's too much in the middle. You've got to commit, man. Either go all the way up uh, or stick with the uh, normal action figures. Although even the, even the three and three-quarter inches are, are, what, $10 pretty much normally now, right? They either are about to or they just had a price hike to where they're now up to like 12 or 13 Ouch. Yeah. Mm. That's really frustrating. <laughs> ouch. Ouch, 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 mm -hmm. ouch. That's very painful. Yeah, and so, the, yeah, so those have actually uh, increased in price. However, um... They're apparently going to be discontinuing them, or at least changing the name to something else, which I forgot, which is not good now. <laughs> okay, I, well, I'm trying to remember. Um, I, I remember hearing that, too, because I don't think it's been as successful a line as they've wanted. Well, it, it'd probably be a lot more successful if they would actually put figures out to sell. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, it's... it's true. This is true. It's it's so weird, you know, with the the state of of Star Wars merchandise right now because there's definitely more people wanting the stuff than what's coming out, and I don't know. It's it's so weird because I remember, um, and I was telling my wife about this, and and she was laughing. I actually was able to find it, but I remember for Phantom Menace, and you know, it's so weird that this is one of the things that I bought. But I was 12 years old when Phantom <laughs> Menace came out. One of the, and I, I mean, I spent all of my allowance, you know, through, you know, that year basically buying uh, Star Wars stuff and, you know, all of my uh, birthday, Christmas, whatever, any money I got, you know, was going towards Star Wars. And one thing that I got was the uh, episode one Phantom Menace 
like bucket hat. Like you know I, what I'm talking about? Like like those uh, like sort of like I, what Gilligan has. This thing existed. Yes, and I'll 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 find this picture for you. But it's um, <laughs> it's it's pretty fantastic, and I don't I don't know why I thought that that was something I needed or that it would look good on me. But I, I mean, I remember wearing it around. So I, I'd love to find a picture of me as a fat little 12 year old walking around with that hat. And then, of course, I don't know if you remember, uh, Wild Wild West came out at that time, too. So I had the little Burger King Wild Wild West sunglasses as well. So nice. I just found it on eBay. Nice. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. <clears throat> at the expensive price of nine ninety nine. <laughs> I think that's what I paid for it <laughs> back in 1999. <laughs> so nice yeah. <laughs> but i mean you could get star wars anything and you know the figures of i've always felt like were the uh you know sort of the cornerstone of star wars merchandising and and now it's like who do i gotta kill to, to get a star wars figure well and all right i think there's there's a couple fundamental and i've heard like rumors and and again this is a guy who's very peripherally connected to this kind of stuff right but, um, like there's supply issues and overseas shipping issues and stuff like that, um, and manufacturer issues. But um, but even past that, I'm just not sure. In some ways, uh, the market speaks for itself, and I am suspicious. I have no nothing to back this up, but I'm just suspicious as to whether or not three and three quarter action figures are the choice but do you remember uh michael you remember the um the yarna figure the yarna figure yeah the is a three and three quarter um i think a saga legend series or something like that I'm, I'm probably speaking out of turn but it was a three and three quarter inch yarna action figure um i don't i don't remember that one coming out but it wouldn't it surprise a, me say it was a, it probably came out around oh six oh seven oh eight somewhere in those years uh, the okay. late aughts and I remember for years whenever I would look at action figures in stores there would be two dozen Yarna action figures swinging from the peg. <laughs> yeah, I, that's just and it makes me wonder if that there's just at the current price point. Mm-hmm. It just isn't as much of a demand beyond just the hardcore collectors. So, like, the, the base of who they used to sell these action figures to, if there just isn't quite the demand that there was once upon a time. Because growing up, I was never, even when they were at their 6 and 7 and $8 price points throughout uh, junior high and high school when I, was, when I would have been buying them, I didn't, it was too much money. Because for, like, two action figures, three action figures, you could get a Lego set. And right. I always remember thinking that that was vastly preferable. And I, you know, Lego is a good example of an extremely, you know, uh, popular and successful Star Wars property that hasn't had any of these issues. So I wonder if, at some level, if just the old school three and three quarter inch figure is something that just won't is a thing of the past. That's very possible. And you know, in fact, the I mean, as we've seen the. Uh, the Force Awakens, you know, the, the clone, or not clone trooper. Oh my gosh, I'm in the wrong era. Uh, <laughs> I still do. It kind of looks like the uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, but the uh, the First Order Stormtrooper um, is in uh, in the six-inch line. And that, I mean, that very well could just be because that's what, um, 
you know what what the black series is focusing on more right now but then again it, it could be that that's just what hasbro is is moving toward because you know the those early uh prototypes that we saw were all in six inch for so i forgot about those what mm-hmm. what what all were in them do you remember off the top of your head so there was a bb8 yeah yeah there, i remember that there was a uh, array a fin and a Kylo Ren, I believe. I'm pretty sure there was a Kylo Ren. And then they were standing next to the Chewbacca, which uh, a lot of people were speculating was just for scale purposes. Gotcha. See, I'm remembering these now, and now I'm kind of putting the pieces together because of the recent announcement that um, this upcoming Labor Day weekend mm-hmm. um, is the... Uh, it's not Midnight Madness, but it is Midnight Madness. The Force Friday that they're doing. Right. Releasing all the Force Awakens co- um, collectibles around the uh, around around the country around the nation at midnight uh, which will be the first midnight madness type event that i will have ever gone to so you but are going to go to midnight madness i mean i i kind of think i should it's a cultural it's like it's a whole thing that i missed as a result of by the time i was getting into the star wars community and never even heard of midnight madness beforehand um i remember listening to um at the time, it was uh, Jason and it was Jason and Pete, right? Yeah, it was two thousand eight, mm-hmm. summer two thousand eight, and I was I had just discovered the Star Wars community online and the Star Wars podcasting community. Uh, keep in mind that I had never even heard of Star Wars blogs or anything outside of the official website uh, until two thousand seven or eight. Okay, and it was early 2008 when I purchased a a PSP, a Sony PSP, which had the feature of searching for and uh, loading RSS feeds for podcasts in the device itself and saving it on the proprietary obnoxious memory stick duo <laughs> that they would let you uh, subscribe to and download podcasts. And I still remember. And uh, again, I apologize. I, I will keep this uh, a somewhat truncated version of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this speaks very loudly as to a kind of generational uh, aspect of fandom and collecting. Um, but I, re- I remember discovering the Force cast at the time. Okay. Uh, Jason and Pete. Uh, and they, I, I remember listening to it, and it was a Star Wars radio show. And it was really professionally and well done. I mean, I've said it many times on air, and I've told it to them in person. They're one of the biggest reasons I decided to start podcasting uh, and start podcasting about Star Wars. Um, and it's crazy to me still that 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 you know everything that's happened since then has happened, and that's an amazing story in and of itself. Uh, but if you want to hear that journey of me starting the Star Wars Report and stuff uh, in the next few months, it's hard to say when, but just. Stay ta- uh, stay tapped on to um, my Star Wars story uh, that Scott Rifen does. Uh, I did an in-person interview with him that'll be coming out at some point uh, when he gets to all of the other important people like uh, <laughs> Jimmy Mack and Steve Sansweet and that sort of thing to to do. Uh, but so that that's an amazing story in itself. But I guess kind of back to the collecting side of things. Mm-hmm. I remember we didn't even have Wi-Fi in our house at the, at this point. Okay. So on the PSP. I would have to, and I didn't, I don't think, I did not own a computer yet either. So I would have to either borrow my parents' computer or go to the library computer or be at a Wi Fi hotspot 
like at our local church or, or McDonald's or bookstore or library. And so there would be limited times, maybe once a day, maybe I'd even have to wait till the next day to get to an access point to where I could download podcasts. <laughs> it would be like wellspring of magic, of Star Wars radio magic, where I could go in and download uh, a bunch of episodes on my PSP and then have them offline to run around. Of course, the idea of not being always connected to the internet now seems crazy. Right. Recently, as six or seven years ago, that was a new thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, but and so I guess coming full circles. Sorry for that little side joke. No, no. Um, I remember listening to a live podcast that uh, Jason and Jimmy did. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it was Jason and Pete at the time, but Jimmy Mac was on location where they did a four-hour-long live stream where they called into various friends of the show and listeners who were at Midnight Madness locations uh, all across the globe in each time zone. And so they would be calling people and chatting for an hour in each time zone as the Walmarts or Targets or what have you would open. And you would just get the live sound of people running around the stores and picking it up. And, uh, and I will never forget, there's a, a famous moment where Jimmy Mack uh, was was in the Chicago area, I believe at a local Walmart, mm-hmm. and he was with his son at the time, uh, and they were uh, picking out all kinds of action figures, and I was, remember hearing the hectic nature of the background and people running around and excited and picking up the brand new collectibles, and it was shiny and it was new and it was exciting, and you could hear the doors open and everyone going in. It's sort of like a polite Star Wars fan's dream version of Black Friday, right? <laughs> nothing is on sale and you'll lose a lot more money. Right. But at least there won't be anybody screaming at each other. <laughs> uh, but that's what it was like. So I, I'll never forget listening to that in those early days and thinking, even as someone who didn't collect action figures, kind of regretting that. Be like, oh, that would have been a kind of fun thing to do. Um, so sure enough, I, um, you know, I, I think it's the kind of thing this upcoming, um, I almost said Memorial Day, Labor Day weekend. Right. I definitely want to go um, experience it. I'm not sure where. Uh, the thing is, it's during Dragon Con weekend, so you know. Like <laughs> uh, a, a big group of us from the Star Wars track and 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 uh, various Star Wars bloggers and podcasters or friends of the show, basically friend, a bunch of friends we've made through through Dragon Con throughout the years. We're all going to do like a Walmart run and like pick a big one in downtown Atlanta. So okay, Mr. Michael Morris on the uh, on the north side, consider this your official invitation. Uh, if you're going to be in the area anyway for Dragon Con, oh, yeah. we got all hit up. I say I say a joint Cloud City Casino special. Live from the ground edition, where we cover Midnight Madness, aka Force Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got to do that up because that's that's right. Oh, I, oh yeah, <laughs> that's that sounds fantastic. Now, have you have you been thinking about? Kind, I mean, I, I know we don't really know much about the the merchandise, but are you thinking at least maybe a character that you're interested in? Or are you going to kind of go with something a little more? Yeah, because a lot of people collect characters. Hmm. I never have. It's always been kind of pick and choose. So I would, I would probably get a few token uh, Midnight Madness uh, items. Okay. I think I think one of the first Force Awakens things has to be BB-8 because right. he's already kind of an instant classic. He's already really connected with the fan community. So I want to get some sort of BB-8 collectible, mm-hmm. and then I gotta say probably after that, the most attractive characters would be probably in descending order. Ray, Kylo Ren, Finn, 
Uh, and then maybe the classic characters. Which is okay. kind of funny to say, because you would think it would be the OT. Yeah, well, some, I think, uh, since I have representations of them in various forms of collectibles, I think I might have to go for... Uh, I might have to go for the new characters. Yeah. Well, my um, my suggestion to anybody who's want to do that is if you see BB-8 or Kylo, you may want to try to go for that because I'm thinking those are going to be the two that people are going to be really excited about. And I, <laughs> with the way uh, you know availability has been lately, when they come out with that with the wrist flick version of the Kylo Ren. Saber, <laughs> the extenders that fl- uh, flick out mm-hmm. uh, in all three directions. Uh, I, I, that's got to be in my life, like stat. It's got to happen. <laughs> okay, I've I've been obsessed with this lightsaber, and I'm I, I've been trying to figure out. I'm like, there's, it's, there's just so much familiarity about it to me, and and initially I'm like, I think that that's Darth Vader's lightsaber, and. You know, so so I'm like, okay, that that's that's got to be his lightsaber, and it's been you know cobbled back together, and it's not it's not very pretty, you know. But now, I actually think that it may have been based off of the uh, the old. They were just called the Force lightsabers from the '80s. Sabers. All right, I'm gonna Google image search this sucker right here. The Force lightsaber. 80s. All right. Let's find out. Well, now let me ask you this, Michael. Okay. Did you see the lightsaber in person? I did not, but fortunately, uh, Mark Harleman took plenty of really nice pictures of it and was showing me at the uh, podcaster meetup. So I've, I've really got to look through the thing. Good, good. That's Yeah, that's good. That's funny because <laughs> they're actually the image search comes up with uh, Kylo Ren. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so here it is. Here's a return of the Jedi era, the Force lightsaber. So it was officially uh, merchandise. Okay, I kind of look at that some pictures. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I don't think it's, I mean, certainly maybe inspired by slightly. Um, but I really... Uh, all right. I, this is great podcasting. It, in <laughs> fact, I, I, I won't torture your audience's ears anymore uh michael if you want to go for a minute on your thoughts uh what are you most looking forward to on force friday while riley googles kylo ren's lightsaber to explore this tree (laughs) no it's awesome i I like it because like i said i I like uh i like to just kind of pitch out to other people and see what their thoughts on it are so we can always uh cut down on uh search you know search times it's you know it, it it doesn't seem as long for the listening audience uh, it's yeah, the beauty of not doing it live. Well, and that's the thing is that now that I Google Darth Vader lightsaber and put it next to each other, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be interested to see what the similarities are. So you've got, all right, now I've got to peer really closely here. Um, I, this is the kind of thing like, well, surely someone else would have figured this out by now, but hey, if it is a discovery of ours. <laughs> It just, to me, some of the, there just seems to be some, uh, some similarities to it. You know, the, if you look at the hilt, uh, just the way that, you know, there's, there's definitely an opening where you see the exposed wires, whereas here, you know, it's, it's a black piece, but there's sort of just like a little opening of silver, you know, I, I definitely, you know, don't think it's, it's a, a one for one, 
but you know it it seems inspired in in a lot of the ways that like clone wars and uh rebels has sort of been inspired by toys and things what's interesting is that uh, upon closer inspection it can't be the same saber um at least because none of the parts match like you don't see anything that's like ooh, well that's definitely the switch plate or those are definitely the uh the grip marks that are the same but that sort of thing upon uh, of course initial look none of it exactly matches but in terms of general shape it does now, are you're talking about compared to vaders yeah compared to vaders oh, okay so yeah so that's kind of um kind of tricky on how i was looking at it so uh i'll explain that just a little bit so okay. if you if you notice the uh the top part of it yeah. To me, kind of imagine that the emitter is like two pieces and it's been like sort of unscrewed from the, the shroud or whatever there and then flipped upside down. Oh, okay. So, and, and that may not be the case. I'd have to actually hold it up close and see. I, you know, it's, it's hard to say for sure if that's too... Having, having looked at it up close and in person... Um, I don't think it's, it is Vader's saber, but mm -hmm. it's by, by could be. And, and, right. and here's the other thing that I'm thinking. Um, looking at it, it's very obviously... Uh, they. It's funny because it's 3D printed. But Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. But it looks... They actually 3D printed onto it in the design uh, weld marks where the side emitters come out. Right, yeah. Yeah, so I see those. They're uh, weld marks around the body that are a little bit more subtle that you'll notice when you see it in person. Okay. And then, of course, all of the exposed wiring, too. Uh, so, man, if you look as you look at it in that kind of cobbled-together nature, you can't help but think this is an ancient lightsaber that, you know, that Kylo Ren put together mm -hmm. having... He's sort of like watching the the, the uh, Star Wars universe equivalent of YouTube and just trying to cobble it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Together a lightsaber. Well, and I mean, here's another thing too. Now, do you see the little the little rings just below the uh, the shroud there? Um, let me pull up the full size image here because uh, that'll help me a little bit. Uh, so you're looking at the rings below the emitter. I have to get a little bit, and and this is good good for the audio listeners as well. <laughs> so, so looking at um the at the T cross uh, at the at the very top of the saber, yep. how far down am I going? So uh, it's it's a good way. So you see where the break is, right? Past the gash, yeah. And then it's going to be well, well, I'm talking about from the basically like the head of the lightsaber to the actual like shaft part. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So if you look right below the gap, you can see um almost some like grooves. Okay, yeah. Okay, that actually looks like the bottom of a lot of like the Graflex lightsabers and and like uh Vader's was actually made from uh it was a micro precision um uh flash gun, but anyhow point being at the bottom of those where the uh the little tracks I can't remember what they were called exactly, but they would kind of overlap them. So, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's so interesting to me because it looks like they took all these different kinds of pieces and they're like, well, what would a lightsaber look like if it was put together wrong? You know, so that almost looks like a, like a bottom piece, you know? Here's the key right there. I think that's, that's what, that's the look. And I think you mm -hmm. tapped into something very subtly that they've done very intentionally. And that is, this lightsaber is wrong. It's even, it's hard to tell in pictures depending on the angle. But right. there, it's slightly crooked. Mm -hmm. And just that detail alone, because when that's on screen, no one's going to notice. But that level of detail right there, 
tells you so much about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just, I'm so pumped about it. I mean, even if you look at, um, so if you look at the bottom, right? Now, uh-huh. at the bottom, it almost looks like, because you, you know how like both Luke and Vader's lightsabers have the, like I said, they're, they're called T-Tracks, I think. Um, but we know that essentially they the lightsabers can kind of open up to, to have the crystals in there. So I'm wondering if it's just like, it's a situation of because it's maybe not the, the right end or whatever, but basically it's just a situation of where this, you know, you, you see this little gap at the bottom that, like it's just not engaged all the way yeah i could i mean i could definitely see that i think you're on to something so i don't know i'm i'm so i mean i, I just i'm so pumped for this <laughs> yeah. you know but and this is again it was such a brilliant marketing move just to say all right here's the display we're not going to do some kind of special presentation or something like that we're just going to let the fans go and take all the pictures of it they want and tweet them out uh and and let the world see it and, and they the world will become our marketers and that was brilliant unfortunately that's all the time we have for this episode uh riley i really do appreciate you coming on and talking collecting with us and thanks for having me on uh, cloud city casino it's a it's a first and i'm definitely glad to be on a fun fact still haven't been on star wars bookworms <laughs> <laughs> so there you go uh, no uh so if uh, if you're listening to this podcast um i'm sure you've heard of the star wars report uh site but the best way to stay in touch with all of the Star Wars Report shows is just punch the phrase, uh, the words Star Wars Report into iTunes or Stitcher, and you'll see all of the Star Wars Report uh, network of shows, all the second airborne shows, uh, including, of course, uh, the show I do every week, uh, which I just kind of call it One Hour of Star Wars Fun. It's the Star Wars Report podcast, and by one hour, we kind of shoot for an hour and either go below or above, <laughs> and it almost never actually hit one hour. Um, and so if you like uh, general Star Wars talk and keeping up with the news and what the fan community is talking about uh, and just in general having fun with that galaxy far, far away, uh, just take a listen to the Star Wars Report podcast. But before we go, Riley has a special treat for all you scoundrels out there. I had no idea whether or not I should try it, but I figure here's a, here's a little chorus of um, MC Chris uh, and IG-88. gonna play a hate on IG-88? Why you gonna play a hate on IG-88? I love it. I'll be here all week, folks. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I want to thank everyone for listening. And if you really enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe. And while doing so, we would really greatly appreciate it if you took a second and wrote us a review. That goes a long way for helping us get noticed out there among all the litany of other podcasts. Also, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. We are at Cloud City Casino. You can even tweet me personally at Morris Isley. Or you can just send us a good old-fashioned email to cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. And always remember, let the Wookiee win.
There's a rap song um, about the Wilhelm scream. Have you ever heard it? No. The legend starts in 1951 when we listen to the sound of the distant drum. Harris Baker's in the jaws of an alligator. There were six screams taken, but one proved to be greater than the rest. So it tells the whole story of actually the original 1931 film all the way through Star Wars. And it was oh like, my God. That calls for the Wilhelm scream. That calls for the Wilhelm scream. That calls for the Wilhelm scream. And it kind of has a... I'm terrible at rapping, though. I can't remember. So that's actually like the chorus <laughs> no, I'm great on. Uh, right. By great, I mean, like, hopefully people won't scream at you and turn off your podcast.